Warning. The following podcast will contain spoilers for not only the game being discussed this week, but any games in the series, other games made by the same creative team, movies and TV shows that might be related or based on the same material or based on the game itself, movies and TV shows that might just be kind of related, pretty much anything we bring up on this show, you can count on it being spoiled, and this is your last warning. Alright, thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to episode one of Pac-Man's Search for Meaning. I guess you would call this a, a video game podcast, but maybe not in the way that you're thinking about it. I don't know, Han- Hannah, you go. <laughs> I mean, we're going to talk about the things that we're asked to do in games, like the moral questions that are posed. We're going to talk about the choices that you're asked to make and uh, sometimes kind of bring in a philosophical bend and then maybe storytelling choices that games choose to utilize. Yeah, that sounds about right. Also, you know, something that I'm going to bring up a lot, well, at least when it's applicable, is just the weird things that video games as a medium can do that you know books typically can't and i mean stuff like you just said like you know making choices and actually taking agency and actions and stuff like can't typically do that with books but also i don't know game we're talking about today has a lot of weird video gaming stuff to it we're gonna get to that in a second but yeah you know we're gonna talk about philosophy and ethics i guess and just theories and maybe it's worth saying up front episode one we're just we're just spitballing we're just goofy goofy uh people just little babies having a laugh trying to figure it out yeah so probably most of the things we say won't be factually objectively or even subjectively correct but i mean all we're trying to do is just like think about stuff and hopefully get some stuff that's correct yeah, we're going to try it a little bit, but, you know, Doing I our wouldn't, best. don't use this as, like, a source for, like, facts. Yeah, definitely don't do that. And, mm-hmm. hey, like, if you hear this episode and you're like, that's not what that game is about, tell us about it. Because, like yeah. I said, we're just, you know, we're just two people trying to take the information we have available to us and make something out of it. Exactly. Let's talk about it. We're not enemies. We could become friends. Yeah. At us on Instagram. Um, exactly. I think it's Pac-Man Search for Meaning on Instagram. Easy. Easy. Yeah, but um, real quick, last thing before we get into the gaming or the game discussion of the day. Let's just say, who are we? Um, I can start. I'm Pan. I am the one of us who plays more video games. Uh, that's my thing. Usually I'm more of a, you know, single player narrative kind of video gamer. And yeah, I think that makes me qualify. I'm basically an expert in that sense. Yeah. But that's all I got. Hannah, who are you? I'm Hannah. I don't play a whole lot of video games, um, but I like knowing about video games. I've done plenty of like watching people play video games, and that includes... Like, sitting on the couch with people, but also watching, like, walkthroughs and things like that. I think it's a really cool medium. And as far as, like, storytelling 
capabilities. Um, it's really fascinating. I have a MFA in creative writing, so like writing and creating stories is really something that I'm into. Um, but I can't say I'm an expert on like joystick usage. But I love I'm thumbs up to video games. That's why I'm here. Between the two of us, we've got it pretty much covered. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there will we'll have cause to talk more about ourselves eventually, but let's not delay any further. The mm-hmm. game of the day. Famous, iconic, groundbreaking even Hideo Kojima's masterpiece? Metal Gear Solid. Masterpiece. Period. Yeah, you're right. Great work. Um, and also, you know, another thing about us um, is that neither of us speak Japanese at all. Um, and mm-hmm. so I, I'm pretty sure I'm saying Mr. Kojima's name correctly. But um, if I'm not, I'm sorry. And let me know how to pronounce it. Yeah. I looked up a lot of sources and there was not a great consensus. Just trying your best. Anyways, I don't know. Let's I guess we'll just jump in with the plot synopsis all right here is my plot synopsis it's an amalgamation it's not everything in this game because this game has a lot in it but this is like the basics of what's going on in metal gear solid so metal gear solid is a stealth game released in 1998 for the playstation it is the third installment in the metal gear series and the first to be in 3d it was written and directed by hideo kojima Uh, You play as a special forces soldier with the codename Solid Snake. You come out of retirement uh, because Colonel Roy Campbell makes you come out of retirement. And your mission is to infiltrate a nuclear disposal facility to free hostages. Uh, So that's going to be the DARPA chief, Donald Anderson, and arms tech president, Kenneth Baker. There are other hostages you come across, but those are the two you know about when you start your mission. You must also thwart... Genetically modified terrorist from a special forces group called Foxhound that have kind of gone renegade. Um, and they are planning a nuclear launch using the Metal Gear weapon. Um, this is a humanoid robot kind of mech weapon. And throughout the game, Solid Snake communicates with various perceived allies via radio communication. I like that you have perceived in there. That's a little bit of foreshadowing. Oh, what does that mean? Whoa. Um, oh, last thing. We should probably talk about either of our experience with this game, like in a hands-on capacity. Because um, for me, I think I played most of it probably on a PlayStation 2, like forever ago. And then, you know, played most of the rest of the series later and enjoyed it Um Probably, now this might be controversial, but I enjoyed Metal Gear Solid 3 and 5 the most, but that's not what we're talking about today. Mm-mm. But uh, to to brush up on this, and this isn't a plug, they're not paying me to say this, but I did <laughs> jump back on the Patreon for Podcast Champions, Post Game of Thrones, and their series, Words and Deeds, where they talk about Metal Gear Solid. Um, pretty good, although it's probably colored a lot of my thinking on this subject. Hannah, you got anything to say about Um, so my experience before kind of researching this was uh limited. So I had heard of Metal Gear Solid, met the Metal Gear series in general. I knew of Solid Snake, 
I was familiar with that character. Uh, I, you know, I knew that there were many games. It was very popular and that he was like a spy soldier kind of guy. So that was my experience going into this. Since then, I've watched... So there's like a version, which I think uh, speaks to the game. There's like a movie version of this, essentially. Like, where it's just the cutscenes. It's four hours long. And uh. it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> so I've seen the game. And I know, like, I've watched the mechanics of the game. Perfect. So that's that's where I'm at. That's all you need. So... Yeah, where to start with this? Where to start? No, I mean, Metal Gear Solid is an interesting one. And honestly, all of, like, Kojima's work is in that... Not to disparage gamers in particular, but a lot of people who play video games um, want to, like... And a lot of people who experience art in any form. So, you know what? Let's just say that. Want to, like say oh you know you don't you don't have to think of everything as political or blah 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 and like there's a significant chunk of the discussion around the metal gear solid series that's like well it's you know it's not political it's not like he's talking about democrats and republicans and um if you've ever said that that's pretty stupid yeah there's a lot of other political things that there's a whole world of it um and i mean this is a game you know like big hooks in it are you like genetic engineering cloning nuclear proliferation Mm -hmm. the impact of like the nuclear arms race and how it lasted even after the end of the cold war um when is this supposed to take place because it was made in 1998 but so this is in in 98 so i think it's supposed to take place in 2005 but um, it's a world in which the Cold War never ended. Okay. So, like, it's still happening. I mean, it's a different political landscape, but there is a type of Cold War happening still. Right. Got it. Okay. Yes. This game was being created in 94. So not long after like the end of the actual Cold War. I guess it says something, I mean, not only for, like, what, you know, people were thinking in 1998, thinking, you know, about what the very near future would could be like, and, I mean, given the fact that this is in, like, an alternate timeline, I guess it just speaks to what the creators sort of thought of the impact of the sort of decades-long um, kerfuffle that was the Cold War. Absolutely. Solid Snake kind of reminded me of, or I was like in my head comparing him to like Western spy, like characters similar to him, like James Bond or Jack Ryan or things like that. And that made me curious about like spy movies. Cause oh, I was like, no. when's the last time I saw a spy movie? And this isn't, well, this isn't like the height of research, but a very basic Google search of. 80s spy movies and 90s spy movies and then 2000 spy movies and 2010 spy movies and 2020 spy movies. There is a lot of spy movies in the 90s and a lot in the 80s and less and less in like the 2000s and the 2010s. So there's like, that was something that was part of, you know, I'm posing in this again, not very (laughs) academic proposition that that was something that was more on people's minds was 
these types of characters that are involved and are like the tools of these larger states like Solid Snake. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I guess that is, you know, it comes from a time when, um, I mean, starting in the 60s, but it didn't really feel like super, um, I mean, it's nowhere near where it was today, but kind of like the, the modern age of this thing, which I should stop talking around and say like the more the dominance of like technology and internet stuff and like how that relates to spying and espionage you know as that became the thing i feel like it became a much less entertaining idea compared to the sexier days of when you were just the cool guy who would sneak onto stuff and steal i feel like there's less of that happening now yeah no i think we there is at least um an acknowledgement in media that the world is more complicated than that than like one fancy guy jumping onto a fancy ship and being like i've solved the problem I've defeated this evil cabal and the people of the United Kingdom are now safe. Huzzah. I've done Mm. it. Yeah, it would be nice if it was that easy, though. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, I read this thing about, like, what... Or there's dialogue in one of the games describing why it's called Metal Gear. Now, why is that? Because it is a missing link... Or a gear slash cog that is essentially the bridge between the current society and the next society, the proposed perfect society. And this society is, if I understand this correctly, and please, please let us know, that this projected society is going to be run by soldiers. Like, soldiers can know what's happening and they can, like, um, unlike these secret societies and they're gonna the the metal gear is gonna get us to where we want to go so that's interesting and to get kind of deeper i mean this is getting outside of the scope of this game i think but um if i have this right kind of the i just you know i just never know what to say with such a convoluted series but it's it's crazy (laughs) yeah solid snake and the i guess primary antagonist of this game liquid snake are both clones of a man named big boss who yeah. was another like american operative um i guess operating in like i mean you meet him in the 60s yeah there are prequel games where you play as him or you interact yeah. with him yeah yeah metal gear solid 3 is like his intro where he really becomes big boss and Metal Gear Solid Five is kind of you seeing him on the rise. Um, and maybe that's the most relevant one, because in five, you know, you see him building up this structure of just like mercenaries. Like, that's what he's mm-hmm. doing. It's just like empowering mercenaries is seems like his um, business. And I don't know. It's a peculiar thing. Like, you kind of got at it. But like this, like underlying philosophy that's you know going through all the games of like big boss's vision of like the world and the conflicts within it won't be under the thumb of big you know industries or you know big governments i don't want i don't want to sound like a libertarian when i say big (laughs) governments but you know large governments um who are you know pulling the strings and telling all of these individual people what to do and Kind and secret societies doing their best to control. Yeah, there's secret, secret societies. societies too. The philosophers um, are this like group of shady 
people who are it's this very small group of people that are like we're going to run the world and they and they do it uh to a certain extent right but but in i thought i think it's also interesting to note that like the first time big boss shows up in the games he's in the first game and he's the person who's on the radio with you and he's like your mentor and this guy that you trust and turns out switcheroonie he thought you were going to do bad job and that's why he sent you but i think there's a certain amount of like i don't know not retconning but like using the story that they started with and then making it more complicated which is what you can do with a prequel yeah that i don't i don't know that um hideo didn't have like a grander scheme when he was doing those first games but it definitely becomes more and more complex as the games went along yeah i'm gonna go out on a limb and say the things that um happened in metal gear solids one or no metal gears one and two no solid Mm -hmm. were not designed with the um subsequent what like seven games in mind if we're counting the sort of in-between ones i doubt it but they do you know they are still relevant I mean, it's not like they get thrown yeah. out. They're a part of the larger story. They fit into the yeah, timeline. Yeah, he definitely holds on to it all in a sort of weird, fragile continuity, but it's yeah. all there. You know, he's got that attention to detail. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's almost like a, I don't know, it's a like a antagonistic philosophy in the whole thing, because you've got like your solid snake, you know, who is working for the United States government and kind of working their interests as opposed to like other world superpowers or in opposition to other world superpowers. Um, and then the guy who is causing problems, even ostensibly from the grave, his dream kind of was to take the power out of the hands of those people, but in such a peculiar fashion. Yeah. I mean, the vision of big boss or Foxhound is not like a purely peaceful, like we're just going to like, you know, these people are terrible and we're going to be benevolent and loving. It's also a, f- a very violent uh, new world order they're projecting. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're just in charge instead of taking orders from someone else. Yeah, which is at once like, I don't know what the word is. You know, it's like a it's a form of liberation, but in uh, not a great way. <laughs> Pretty bad way. <laughs> yeah. Liberation yeah. you like by I mean, it's. Rather than, I guess, like the seizing the means of production, it's whoa. Am I am I about to have a certified brain thought? Rather whoa. than seizing the means of production, they're seizing the means of destruction. Oh my god! Can you write that down? <laughs> yeah, that's already a meme. I can feel it. I can feel it in the yeah, air tonight. Whoa. That's a meme right now. Yeah, fuck. That's so smart. That's really smart. I mean, that does. This is not exactly related, but it does make me think that what you're doing in the game is you are supposed to be freeing or liberating these hostages. Like, that's that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're going to sneak around and be real stealthy. And, you know, you got to stop this Metal Gear machine that's going to kill everybody. But you also have to get these particular individuals out of there. And you kill them. You don't mean to, but you kill them, <laughs> which is not intentional. Um but that is, you are being used as a tool, and you think this p- 
positive way. Like, I'm going to go save these people. But it turns out you have this virus in you that gives people heart attacks and they die. <laughs> so right. that's Fox not great. die. Yes. That's not what you signed up for. No. But you're a tool. Solid Snake is definitely being used as a tool to kill. Oopsies. Whoops. Sorry. David. His name is David. Yeah. I forget if I think it's not named after David Hayter, the voice actor. It's coincidental. For, yeah. I will say, and I just want this on the record. I hope we talk about more games in this series, but if we don't, um it's it was messed up that they replaced David Hayter with Kiefer Sutherland for Metal Gear Solid Five. That was a weird thing that they did. That, that was, was a yeah. that didn't make any sense. I don't think anybody liked Kiefer Sutherland that much. Was 24 really popular at that point? Is that what they were trying to do? No, because I think that game came out in like 2015. Yeah, then that doesn't let make just, sense. Let me just look at the timeline real quick. 2015, yeah. Yeah, we've moved on. Not from yeah. David Hayter, but from Kiefer. Yeah, what I will say is Kiefer Sutherland has a more subtle voice and delivery. Um, sure, sure. But we... We had come to know and love David Hayter. Yeah. And he didn't deserve this. No. Also, <laughs> uh, David Hayter uh, writes screenplays, apparently. Yeah, he wrote, I think, the <laughs> first two X-Men or- movies. <laughs> right? At least what? one of the first two. Uh, definitely X2, according to his Wikipedia. Yeah, which that's is crazy. Wild. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Good job, David. Proud of you. Proud of you. Okay, but that was our David Hater minute, um, yeah. which we're going to have every week going forward, so you can count <laughs> okay. on that. All right. But, yeah, what was I just saying? Fucking... I don't know. Uh, set it up front, folks. We're just we're just having a, having a laugh. We're just going for it. Yeah. I don't know. The other thing is that and I'm not sure I have all of this right. I'm looking at the wiki, if I'm being honest. But even that, you know, I can't do that much reading as I go. The Metal Gear itself. Metal Gear Rex is the one in question in this game. And then they keep coming up with other ones. But um, Metal Gear Rex is like... And the whole, like, Metal Gear program is kind of interesting in that it is, again, it's another, like, it's a miniaturized means of almost undetectable nuclear launch nuclear nuclear missile launcher i'm not saying this right it's a miniature and almost undetectable nuclear missile launcher Mm -hmm. that like i guess the the key um technological breakthrough other than being able to walk around which is sure that's fine um but it uses a rail gun to launch nuclear warheads so i guess it you know it doesn't have the massive heat signature of like an intercontinental ballistic missile so it's uh i guess the dangerous thing is that anyone could get one and it could be anywhere at any time and you in theory if that were launched against a population or another military um you probably wouldn't know what was happening until until it hit you uh, unlike other nuclear weapons it's like nice and sneaky yeah it feels a little bit like having it be a robot that walks around is like a hat on a hat but yeah it's kind of cool i mean it's super cool i think the fact that you can get 
in it <laughs> and walk around. Um, and that it's kind of like a person in that it has legs and walks. Yeah. Makes it one like fun and futuristic. And who doesn't love mechs? They're cool. Yeah. But it takes it outside of like, I don't know. When I think of like launching a nuclear weapon, it seems like a fairly intricate and like there's a lot going into it. Like it's a fairly big endeavor. And kind of like you were saying, like putting it into this small package that's portable. I mean, it's not the fast. It's not going to move very fast, but it does make it a lot more like the you can do it quickly and it's it like it it reduces like the level of difficulty to get it done sure do you think that putting it in that form you know the semi humanoid or at least bi bipedal if not humanoid you know animaloid is that a word and animal like um mm-hmm. form factor makes it i mean more human or at least more yeah. like, real you know instead of being this like mysterious science thing with two keys that you turn in some kind of lab with dials and stuff. It's like, it's a guy who throws bombs. Yeah. I mean, it becomes uh, anthropomorphized, to use this big word. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, that we're able to, as humans, connect to it as this, like, entity in a different way than, like, a big building that has nuclear weapons in it. It becomes its own character. Yeah. It's more personal that way. Um, Even if it's just a tool that a human has to get into to, like, do something. Like, there's not a mind within it. It's not like a a computerized uh, android kind of thing. But it is definitely closer to a person than, again, just like a big factory that has nuclear weapons in it. And you have to push a button and computers and stuff. I feel like we're... We're, like, starting to rack up some real points that are gonna somehow get us to what does this all mean? But I can't... (laughs) The strings are there for the most part. Or, no, the strings aren't there. The scribbled notes stapled to my wall are there, and we just need to start getting the strings onto it, you know? Perfect. So now we should start talking about Solid Snake flirting, obviously. Yeah. That's great. Actually, that does tie in. I almost said, and this is synergy. We're synergizing right now. Yes. I was going to say we should talk about Kojima and if he's ever met a woman. <laughs> I was going to. Yeah. Yeah. We should definitely. So the way Solid Snake flirts with every woman. First, he's like, hey, you ever take your clothes off? Whoa. What are you doing with that mouth? And those aren't really exaggerations. Uh, but then he scolds them. He's like, "You got this is serious, bi-. you know." I can't. I don't know. I can't remember the exact quotes. But the women are uh, assistants. They are nieces. They're like there just because because the relatives are there. They're they're not like there is the one sniper wolf is the one That's female foxhound. Yeah. Who again? I think immediately is it. Otacon falls in love with her like instantly. Oh, he has been in love with her apparently. Okay. So he's been in love with her and he's like, oh geez. But he but Solid Snake is like more respectful of her when she dies, because she's a lady. Um, he hmm. like puts a sheet over her face or something. <laughs> I don't know. He does something that's very like 
uh, I guess, sweet or like thought, like respectful. Um, I think it's different, but he does seem to have a fair amount of respect for like the the main enemies in terms. I forget which one other one was. I think S- Sniper Wolf is that. Did you already say that? Sniper, Sniper Wolf? Wolf is the woman. Right. Fox, and she's Fox like, hand. I want to I want to die, you know, with my gun at least. And he's like, sure, here's a gun. Yeah. Um, and one of the other ones is like, oh, well, if I'm dying, can you put my mask back on? The f- says that but you know he honors these like dying requests of these yeah people. he's not like super disrespectful or anything to the other ones and i think sniper wolf is probably the most empowered woman in the game that's probably right yeah i mean there's other ones that have like a certain level of like know-how there's naomi hunter who's like on the radio giving him information but all of them are like, oh my gosh, you're solid snake. I've heard of you. Oh, like the way they immediately start to like fawn over him fairly quickly at some point. Mm. Like they all all fall for the and he flirts back. That same sort of flirting does not happen. Uh, like he's not as playful or even like, I don't know. He doesn't talk that way <laughs> for obvious and many reasons, but to like. The Roy, is it Campbell guy? His, uh, the guy who gets him to go, the colonel. Uh. So, like, they're not quite as buddy buddy, but I mean, I don't know. They, they're just, <laughs> there's that whole thing where I think her name is Meryl. She's the niece of Colonel Campbell. Um, and she's, she was a hostage that he didn't expect to be there, but then they're like, ha, huh, there you are. And they have her like undressed. And it's not really super clear, like, why she's that way. They're just like, she's got to be wearing her her underpants, and that's it. And we have to see her slowly yeah. get dressed. <laughs> that's, yeah. Again, that's, um, this is big in the, you know, the conversation of Kojima's relationship to women and why they always need to be, like, it, getting undressed or bizarrely scantily clad or something showing like a weird amount of cleavage and you know what like if that's their thing like go for it but um just statistically like not every woman does that no like it's your body present it to the world how you like but i i just can't imagine everybody every woman like yeah like you said percentage wise is like i also wanted to dress and present myself like this all the time mm. and creating yeah. like fairly convoluted situations where uh because the that Meryl character does not dress like that the whole time it has right. to put solid snake in a situation where he would see her dress that way or undress like that right like that's a that's a narrative choice so mm. this is like this might be nothing um it kind of is nothing but you sort of started like there's a weird dynamic where Snake will be like, uh, nice ass. And then yeah. they'll be like, oh, Snake, inappropriate. And then he'll like keep flirting. And then if they start to reciprocate, he'll be like, we're, we're doing war right now. Stop. Cut it out with, the, with your womanly. I don't think he says oh, it yeah. that bad. But, you no, know. but he's like, don't be a silly woman. Take this seriously. Like the fates of the world are in our hands and you're just being a silly lady. And like you started it, bud, by being all yeah. unprofessional. 
<laughs> Come on, Snake. Yeah, now is this a sort of like late 90s slash 2005 like pickup artist tactic? Ne- just nagging? Like flirting? I guess it's nagging. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I mean, it's definitely... This kind of conversation wouldn't... Uh, I don't think would pass as like acceptable now <laughs> in the year of our Lord. No. 2022, soon to be 2023. Uh, they're just not believable. No, I mean, all the characters are goofy. These aren't the most realistic people. It's the like an assistant for, yeah, Mei Ling. Um, oh, yeah. She doesn't have a really big part. She's just a data analyst. Um, she's on the radio. She's like a resource that gives you information. And their conversation is like, she's so starstruck by him. And then he flirts back pretty hard. And then not that long after, he does the same thing with Naomi. Like, he just like does very, <laughs> I don't know. She's She seemingly has, like, skills and is useful. But he, he just very quickly is like, hey, girly, what's up? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we don't really get to see her. Like, she doesn't develop over the course of the game. Like, there's no arc for her. No. Uh, she's just pretty. This could be apocryphal, but it's at least I heard that Kojima noticed that some of the women who were, like, testing Metal Gear Solid 1 were, like, not that stoked on parts of it and the story and the writing. And so to, like, address that in Metal Gear Solid 2, he made the decision (laughs) of... Instead of playing as Solid Snake, you play as a handsomer, like, like sexier man, Raiden. So oh, he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. ladies, you'll like this guy, right? A different sort of handsome man. That was la- the lady's problem. It wasn't the way that men interact with women or the type of characterization women get in the games. It's how no. handsome they are. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I mean... Uh, I will say you can't really make out the uh, particular facial features. I mean, you can in the radio, like picture and their little faces move, but <laughs> he's pretty handsome, Solid Snake. Yeah, but more in a rugged way. Whereas Raiden, Raiden, Raiden is um, classic, beautiful. Yeah, he's just a pretty boy. I mean that in a good, in a good way. Yeah. But he's also an annoying, like, clown. Everyone was right to dislike him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Still needs to work on that. If we're if we're moving forward to his work um, lately, still some uh, questionable portrayals of women. Yeah. I would not describe this as, like, a feminist work. No. No. <laughs> But, um, okay, what else? So, we should get into, like, video gamey stuff. I mean, there's not a lot of choices that you make in this. Um, yeah. I mean, the gameplay, as I understand it, and um, as someone who's played it, please uh, share your experience, but it, as a stealth game, you are trying to move through the different spaces without getting seen and then fighting enemies when they do see you. Um, but you're trying mm-hmm. to get from point A to point B and that requires sneaking. And narratively, 
you don't really have a lot of paths that are an option. You just have points to get to where narrative is revealed. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you can choose to, like, take a more, or I guess a less lethal approach, or a more lethal approach, I guess. Um, But I don't think it really has a big impact on anything, if I'm not mistaken. Like, you know, there's, like, either you can sneak up and, like, subdue people, or I think there's a number of, like, non-lethal weapons that you can use instead of just gunning them down. Although that more has, like, gameplay implications, or it's more gameplay than, like, actually examining the ethics of that. In that It's just, it's not really in your best interest to go in guns blazing, because uh, you're one guy with, like, a pistol. Sure. But you, if you wanted to kill real bad, you could try to play in that, that way. I mean, the game it doesn't encourage, just based on, like, the common sense of it, uh murder everyone approach no so i mean having it be stealth that gets you through versus just a first person shooter and you were encouraged to shoot everybody and it's easy enough to get through the levels by just shooting everybody to death i mean that's the game on on a certain level advocating (laughs) non-lethal approaches i guess perhaps but i mean you kill people it happens I'm trying to figure out if it's I think it's probably like the canon ending that um Snake leaves with Meryl on like a jet not a jet ski. What's the snow a snowmobile? Um, yeah. Cool and text. you know, that's cool. I'm pretty sure if you don't do something, you leave with Otacon, and I guess I don't know if that means that Meryl dies or what. Oh. I didn't even come across this ending. That's Interesting. And he's like the evil scientist guy. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess he's evil. You know, he's certainly complicit in a sort of evil scheme. Yeah. He's more just like a scientist who is a dipshit. <laughs> Although I will say, at one point, he's talking about the like connection between science and war. And I thought that was an interesting point. The idea of like technological advancement is often tied to weapons like that is a way that governments are like the science that we want to fund and support is the kind that kills people mostly because that's in our interest yeah and i mean even you know stuff that's like widely loved um like the space program you know that went hand in Mm -hmm. hand with developing better you know aircraft and like rocket technology exactly we got all kinds of fun consumer products and potentially beneficial uh inventions but i mean rockets are for uh blowing stuff up mostly on a day-to-day basis yeah this game isn't political (laughs) it's not political there's no politics involved absolutely not weapons and science and corporations are not intertwined no that is not a political statement this game is trying to make no and there's such like a fine line this is i'm getting away from the irony thing the thing i said before was ironic listeners just so you know but less <laughs> ironic is like the fact that i feel there is truly a fine line and i don't i can't exactly rate how well kojima walks this line but you know 
if you're paying attention in the world now, and if you were doing it in 1998, you can see that a lot of the the world is run by a small group of people, whether it's politicians or just wealthy people or wealthy mm-hmm. politicians. And so I guess what I'm saying is there's a fine line between that pretty like hard to refute but still kind of conspiracy ideology and then kind of like um i don't know we're seeing it lately a little bit with like kanye's total meltdown like talking about how you know these very anti-semitic like ideas about you know jews controlling everything and just to be clear i don't think this is that but it's all i'm saying is it's it's a fine line to walk and you still kind of can portray it as crazy either way but like guys making a point not kanye just to be clear kanye is not making a point he is a bad person um kojima (laughs) making a point though but like elon musk is take took you know bought twitter which people a lot of people use as like a source for news and for like information it's probably not a great source for news but people do use it as a news source yeah and it is now uh more and more chaotic and it is less and less monitored and it is or um that's not the word monitored moderated and that information that place that people go to for information is less and less reliable yeah and you're like this one guy did that cuz he was rich yeah and there are many many you know rich billionaires that I don't know their names um who own things that I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Elon is just showing everybody his beautiful ability to change the world. Yeah, that's one way to put it. I was going to say he's <laughs> stupid enough to like let us peek behind the curtain and see the way that the rich just manipulate stuff. Because most, most of them are smart enough to, to do it quietly. Yeah. And we don't, we don't know what they're doing. But again, yeah. not to sound too conspiratorial, but if you have more money in the world that we live in, you have a greater ability to change things around you. Yeah. For the most part. Messed up. And I mean, again, kind of going back to a a weird theme that um, it's so weird to think about it this way, because I don't uh, like the the underlying ideology that I guess got Big Boss to, you know, the position doesn't work for me at all and saying it this way sounds almost too positive but it's effectively like the democratization of the war machine you know i mean i mean technically big boss is like a leader and a figure with like influence and control but he wanted it to be like rather than i've already said all this rather than governments and whoever deciding when we're fighting and where it's like the soldiers are decide when they want to do it they're soldiers and we're gonna fight the things that either pay right or we vibe with i guess yeah i mean i think if you think about the way that most or the way that an army works typically like some of the most vulnerable people in the society are the ones that are fighting the wars yeah pretty much by design yeah by design so i don't know i don't want to give big boss too much credit but (laughs) the idea that like the people who are manipulated into fighting these wars the soldier would then be empowered in this new society which may be a stretch for how noble big boss's vision is 
but I I can see what you're saying that it's lifting up these less powerful even if they're soldiers and it's violence and it's not what I would advocate for and it is the enemy of this game that there is a kind of logic to it that it's that you can kind of see where it's coming from um, yeah. and and the fact that solid snake who is our our the person we're playing as and is more on the side of what we would say is like the mainstream regular good guy and is tricked and manipulated uh, to do things that he didn't agree to do being used as a weapon unwittingly is not like showing that the alternative is good. You know, like it's kind of proving the point, like they manipulate you, they do bad stuff and they don't tell you what their plans are. For example, all the stuff that happens to Solid Snake. Right. Yeah. So that, I don't know, there's something there, right? Because, again, it's not, like, that much in focus in this game, but enough. And, um, you know, if you look at the series as a whole, it's there that, like, the whatever, what we were just saying about Big Boss's ideology. And then you have Solid Snake, you know, your player avatar, your means of operating in this game, who is at least in Metal Gear Solid 1, Shadow Moses incident, you know, you're there to save people. You come out of retirement even because you're, yeah. you know, your primary goal is to stop a few people from dying. You know, I mean, yeah. high profile people, but there's still people. Um, And even, you know, as much as you do need to do some killing um, and you have a degree of control over exactly how much killing you do, um, you have the option to not be particularly bloodthirsty in how you go about it. And so that's an interesting, you know, person to give you. And you're being um, manipulated by sort of a shadowy group of people in power who are lying to you and tricking you to meet their own goals. And so you could easily fall into the perspective of the big boss who's like, hell, I mean, we're still going to do violence, but at least you know what's what the violence is and why it's happening and you you make the choice when you engage in this violence with a a degree of like accurate information and that's both both of those things are bad so i guess putting you in the middle of that is arguably making the stance that like neither of those are good and there should be a different way and it would be insane for me to call solid snake a peaceful character but it's at least like his goals. He doesn't want there to be war. Uh, no, he, he was doesn't trying to get you know, out of the want business. there to be violence. Yeah. yeah. We should talk about uh, Liquid Snake. Just. Yeah, we just gotta get into Liquid here. Snake. Um, <laughs> God, how long have we been actually recording? This is like already going longer than expected. That's so just how it goes. Long. That's Kojima's trick. Oh, Kojima. I mean, this could maybe get broken into two pieces. That wouldn't be the worst thing that ever happened. Yes, we've got Liquid Snake to talk about. We've got, honestly, way more than I thought I would to talk about. Um, So we're going to break this into two parts just to keep this manageable. So we're going to end it here. You might be saying, well, there really haven't been any conclusions, and all you've said is a bunch of BS. And, like, get used (laughs) to that, first of all. (laughs) Yeah, get, get on board with that being the typical experience. Friends. Yeah, but also, if you've heard all this and thought, like, wow, they, they really don't get it, 
Um, wait, maybe another. <laughs> Actually, these are probably going to come out at the same time, but just be broken into parts. So listen to the other episode before you write us your hate spirit. mail or whatever. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're trying to do you a favor by making this into chunks that one might listen to uh, while they're cooking dinner or, you know, on a commute. Um, yeah, this is a big you're welcome. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about a lot of good stuff. We're going to talk about Liquid Snake. We're going to talk about funny names. We're going to talk about weird things that Kojima likes to do with the medium of video games. On the next episode, which you should be able to see or hear, whatever, right now. But for now, we're signing off. Uh, this is Pac-Man's Search for Meaning. I'm Pan. I'm Hannah. And uh, yeah, follow us on Instagram or something. And uh, unless you're going to be mean to us. and then like, <laughs> Don't be mean to get, us. Get your life right. That's completely unnecessary. Come on. Choose kindness. Yeah. <laughs>